Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good day. Good morning to all my listeners out there. This is your host, Teresa E. Keys, for Here is Teresa, broadcasting to you on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And uh, it's a beautiful day here in Arizona, and um, God is so good. And, um, you know, this is, um, you know, we had a, a little bit of a glitch uh, regarding my uh, last uh, broadcast, so I did a rerun. Um, of my show, that, uh, phenomenal thing called Hope. And, um, and, um, so that we could get past what it is that we were experiencing. But nevertheless, here I am. Uh, as I said, everything is good because God is good. And I'm very happy to be talking with you, uh, this morning. And, um, it's, uh, it's the, the let's get the weather report out the way. It's quite cloudy. Um, I was just sharing with, um, my fabulous engineer Dave that the weather here is of course is is like you know um uh, a box of chocolates like Forrest Gump say you don't know what is what you're going to get um I'm sure that a lot of you out there know that we were in the 90s the um high 90s actually and uh, as of yesterday we dipped down to uh over 20 degrees and today it's even cooler so <clears throat> you know it's 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 a little bit um alarming the the way that the um ecology is doing now i'm doing great out there and i want to know how you all are out there doing well as always is what i hear from my listeners is i appreciate you tuning into my program live and downloading my program and remember to get the talkzone.com app for android and i use this you guys so go to my website tekmediations.com and you will find a link there and this way you can listen to my show or shows whenever it is good for you. Okay? And as I said, I'm very excited today. So now our talk today is what are we doing to our kids, our future? And my guests are two uh, phenomenal individuals, Reginald C. Campbell, who I always refer to as the world's best, the greatest mental health therapist, and Terry Griffith, who is also the world's best lawyer and activist. Now, the reason I chose this, listeners, is because it is important to discuss this topic, you know, to bring awareness regarding the seemingly negative fate that has been put on a good number of our children. As far too often, many of our children ostensibly bear the brunt of angry parents and or relatives, police officers with their own distasteful motives for being on the police force. Then you got the bullies at school and at home and dissatisfied classroom teachers, excuse me, are just a few examples of some of the reasons that many of our children have, you know, gone astray from God's life plan for them. Now, this is, um, as usual with all of my programs, going to be very informative, inspiring, and an educational show. So please stay tuned. And I will be bringing on both of my phenomenal guests here shortly, but I want to say um, a couple of things. First and foremost, um, I want to give, um, you know, a shout out and all of my prayers and hopes go to the victims 
um, of that terrible tragedy that happened in London yesterday. And, um, you know, it just goes to show you, um, listeners out there, you know, how we need to be extremely more, um, you know, uh, cognizant and, uh, more, um, attributing and kinder and loving to ourselves so that we could be more kinder and loving and cognizant and attributing to individuals that, um, you know, that are meaningful, um, in our life and, um, even strangers, you know, hold the, hold the door for a stranger, say good morning, say thank you, um, um, uh, the, the stranger did something nice for you, you know, let them know how much you appreciate it because nothing is guaranteed but God's love. And I tell people that all the time. So, um, you know, you know, let's, let's just be more aware of our surroundings as well. Um, as we go about our day, uh, we certainly are not supposed to stop living our life because we got, you know, assholes out there like ISIS who are, you know, wanting to do harm um, to people. So I want all of you um, who are in the earshot of me talking to be safe and um, out there. So that is my that is my wish and uh, thoughts and prayers for all of you today, as well as the, the families and the and the victims of uh, yesterday's tragedy. Now, I want to um, um, just uh, talk about a, a story um, that WNYC.org was reporting, and um, it's about uh, Amy Harmon, a Pulitzer Prize winning national correspondent for the New York Times, joins us to discuss her recent piece. This is being reported on February 28, 2017, when a math prodigy lives in the Bronx. Now, her piece was titled Beyond Hidden Figures, Nurturing New Black and Latino Math Whizzes about a New York City camp for preteens from lower income public schools, you guys, who all have a high math aptitude. Harmon was um, uh, joined by three of her students, Thais Garcia, Jonathan J.J. Jackson and Emir Willis. Now, uh, Thais' dad uh, stated that his son was doing quadratic equations and factoring and et cetera in third and fourth grade, you guys, and he will be doing calculus in the eighth grade. Now, this is a phenomenal uh, piece, listeners, and we will be discussing the reality of children in a downward spectrum. However, I want you to know that there are children, particularly children of color, in an upward spectrum. I was overjoyed as I was listening to the broadcast about the story on WNYC.org slash story. So, you know, take that information and go listen to it in its, in its full form. And it talks about the journey of these aforementioned students as well as other students, teachers, counselors, who assisted these students along the way with their mathematical whizzes and the continuum of nurturing them as it is tutored that mathematics knowledge is a key sign of intelligence. Okay. Now, the extreme racial, racial homogeneity of the rarefied realm of young math whizzes has drawn little attention in a nation where racial equality in the basic institutions of civic life, schools, housing, health care, Policy remains elusive. This is what's being reported in this piece. But it has become an increasing source of consternation for some mathematicians, educators, and business leaders who see it directly linked to the striking underrepresentation of blacks and Latinos in high-paying, high-status jobs in finance, 
science, and technology. And those occupations increasingly propel our society. They fear that enrichment programs for mathematically gifted children, while rooted in meteoric ideals, have become a particularly potent means of reinforcing privilege. Okay? Now, even as movie audiences celebrate hidden figures, the story of black women who overcame legally sanctioned discrimination to perform critically calculations in the race to put a man on the moon. Educators say that new subtler obstacles to higher level math education have arisen. Now, these have had some outsized influence on racial prejudice. They contend because because math proudness factors so heavily in the popular conception of intelligence, a concern that recently provoked a, the uh, creation of mathematically gifted and black and Latinos and Hispanics in mathematical sciences. Okay. Now there's a website, um, that you can go to that, that you can read these stories about. Now listeners also, I want to let you know that there is a program called Beam. B is a boy, E is an Edward, A is an adamant, M is in Mary. And it, and it stands for Bridge to Enter Advanced Mathematics. Now, this program was founded by Mr. Zahara Paul. He is a graduate of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology who suspended his graduate studies in algebraic topology to launch beam. And the children that I, you know, mentioned earlier um, in this piece, they all belong to beam. And it's a program that is comprised of about 76 children. Now, this is a great read, listeners, and I implore you all to go and check it out as it educates you on great things that children of color, especially all of our children are very important to us. But I'm talking about children of color, especially, and that is not talked about near enough. And if you have not seen the movie Hidden Figures, please do so. It is a fabulous movie of history that was not told until now. And on that same wavelength, listeners, um, Oprah Winfrey is producing um, another movie about um, um, a beautiful woman of color as well who was phenomenal in the sciences and technology. And so I'm going to keep you apprised of that. They talked about it a little bit on um on um, um, extra yesterday, but they did it so quickly. I'm like, you know, what was that they were talking about? But um, I'm sure you can Google, you know, what Oprah is doing now. And by the way, you know, Oprah Winfrey is a phenomenal actress. I mean, she was great with her talk show and in her business, but she is really, really a phenomenal actress. Okay, um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. So get up and stretch because then we're going to uh, bring my guest on and we're going to jump into our topic, which is titled, What Are We Doing to Our Kids, Our Future? Stay tuned. Hi, listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, and I want to talk to you about bullying. Do you know that bullying is still a constant negative in our society? 
not only for children in grammar schools and high schools, but also in our colleges, university, and workplaces. I want you to know that professional mediation is a great method for resolving issues regarding bullying. It also allows party members to engage in a much-needed conversation to clarify what the issues are and to resolve them without the involvement of law enforcement and in relation to our children, the possibility of school suspension. Need more information? Please give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. Back to Here's Teresa on TalkZone.com with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you so much for returning with me. I am here with my fabulous guests, Reginald C. Campbell and Terry Griffiths. So let's bring them on. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He boasts of 30 years in the profession of social work combined with mental health therapy. He is my brother and his name is Reginald C. Campbell. She is an extraordinary attorney, professional mediator, and an activist. Located in the Virgin Islands, her name is Terry Griffiths, and welcome Reginald and Terry to my show. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, everyone. And good morning, Dave. <laughs> Hi, sometimes Terry. How are you? Yes, yeah, so sometimes I forget to give you a shout-out. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Very good. I'm in the Midwest today. Um, yes, it's, it's very stormy and and tornadoish, but otherwise I'm doing very well. And good morning oh. to you, Teresa and Reginald and Dave also. <laughs> okay, I am so happy to have you both on my show to discuss this Im- important topic. All right, now I want to hear um, the take on 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 this um, uh, shout out that I want to give to President Barack Obama. We started this on the show before, but I want to get it out in the open. And I want to talk about the dignified and intelligent manner and the savoir faire in which he is displaying relating the silliness, the disrespect and lies from Trump, which is the accusations from Trump saying that he, President Barack Obama, interfered with this election by wire tapping um uh, the Trump Towers, and I think it is so ridiculous. As reported on NPR.org, um, March 4th, it states in part that Lewis, which is Obama's spokesperson, rejected the allegation that the former president was involved in surveillance. A cardinal rule of the Obama in administration, Lewis says, was that no White House official ever interfered with any independent investigation led by the Department of Justice. As part of that practice, Neither President Obama nor any White House official ever ordered any surveillance on any U.S. citizen. Any suggestions otherwise is simply false. Now, this is an extraordinary thing to hear from a sitting president about his predecessor. This is what Mary Louise Kelly of NPR uh, stated um, on Weekend Edition Saturday. For our newscast unit, Mary uh, Louise adds, tape tapping his phones would require a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. She also says the Director of National Intelligence is declining comment. I would like to hear your thoughts on this first, Terry. Well, it's, it's shocking and it's sensational, and it's right in the same platform that Trump 
he got elected on the sensational, and he's keeping it going after he after the election. It it's to the point you can't read the newspaper or listen to the news anymore because we're not getting any news. And as mm-hmm. far as President Obama, he does, he's a he has class. His family has class, and we no longer have class in the White House. We have to live with that the next four years. Yeah, unfortunately. Reginald, let's hear your thoughts. Well, I, I, I think Donald Trump is just a complete buffoon. Uh, the world knows it. Our allies know it. And uh, to accuse the president uh, uh, of, of wiretapping, uh, you know, first of all, the president doesn't have the authority to, to wiretap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's scary that Donald Trump is not aware of that. Um, and then just to accuse uh, President Obama of a felony, because that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to backtrack on there. Oh, no, it meant white, other things. And, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's sad. It, it's sad that we have this type of going on in, in the White House, uh, but Everything is going to come to a head, um, and again, I, I just congratulate President Obama on the classy way that he has handled himself in these last eight years of not only what Donald Trump has said, but how the Republican mm-hmm. Party has treated him in the eight years that he was sitting in the White House. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I totally agree with with what the both of you what the both of you had said. Um, this is very. Um, the way, um, uh, uh, Trump is acting in the White House is very indic- indicative of an ignorant person. And you know, ignorance comprises of a whole lot of things, including racism. And I feel that he's also very racist, um, in, in the manner in, in what he, you know, talks about. Um, um, things and, and of course, you know, the Muslims and, you know, the, um, President Obama, um, and, you know, things like that. So I, I just wanted to, um, um, you know, you know, you, you know, hear, hear your, hear your side of on that, you know, for my listeners to let them know because my voice is heard, you know, not only here in the United States, but in other countries. And just because this is how Donald Trump is acting and he has a few people, and I do mean a few people that agree with him, um, the overwhelming majority of people do not agree with him. And it's a hot mess the, of the things that's happening. Um, uh, you know, in, you know, within our government, um, as, as well. You got, you know, the, the dealings with Putin and Russia. Um, you have the, the, you know, the debacle of him trying to tear down. And I, and that word is trying because for all of you know, trying is not doing, it's not going to happen. Um, trying to, uh, uh, get away with, uh, you know, putting people off of their health care plan. And that's, that's just not going to happen, you know, because what people fail to realize is that, um, that there is a God, and I just have to say it say it that way. Any other comment before we move on? Yes, I have one. Whenever I see sensationalized stories like that, I start looking for the for the story they're diverting your attention from. And mm-hmm. it's funny you say Putin and Russia. When all this came out about uh, Trump saying President Obama uh, wiretapped him, I started reading more about Putin and Russia because generally when Things come out that are sensational. They're diverting the public's attention away from real issues. And things happen that we don't even notice. So um, I think that's the time you start digging for other stories. 
Exactly. But see, yeah, I totally agree. And see, the, the, but the whole, the, the, you know, a big, uh, uh, problem is, is that people are so, uh, bobbing head. You know, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. But the, the, uh, according to the last polls, Reginald, 60% of people do not agree, you know, with anything that Trump is, that, that Trump is saying, you know? I mean, that's true. And, uh, because as I said, uh, after the election, that buyer's remorse is going to come in full tilt and it's beginning to do that. Uh, mm. this with the uh, people with the Affordable Care Act. Uh, he was in Kentucky the other day with a rally and I'm doing the hand calls with a rally. And, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, you know, he couldn't fill the stadium and so many of these people there didn't realize their black lung insurance is through Obamacare. It's called Kentucky something. I can't, you know, exactly remember what it's called. They were doing some interviews. They were asking a couple of people, well, do you like your health insurance? Yes, I like it, but I don't like Obamacare. We need to get rid of it. Well, do you realize that this is Obamacare? You know, what Mitch McConnell and his cohort did, they just changed the name so people would not know that it's under the Affordable Care Act. And, and it's a shame that these same people who are sitting at those rallies are the ones who need insurance and the ones who are going to be hurt most by the cuts in Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying, uh, Terry, Reginald, and my listeners, that education is a wonderful thing. And I keep Tell it. I keep saying that, that education is a wonderful thing. Every time I learn something that I didn't know yesterday, I'm just like, oh, education is a wonderful thing. I learned this, you know, so I can put that into my in, into my boudoir of of um of of knowledge, you know. But um, um, the, the continued hope is, is that they they continue um, with this with this calamity of infighting Terry original because it's it's doing nothing but imploding them you know like they implode one of the buildings there in uh, on the Las Vegas Strip because you know you can't keep on being evil you were um, uh, echoing what you said earlier original the the manner in how they treated uh, President Barack Obama. You know, people think because they get up in the morning, they've done some heinous crime and they get up in the morning and uh, it's like, well, I got away with that. But as I said, you don't get away with anything in God's world. You may think you're getting away with it, but payback is going to kick you in your ass somewhere down the line. Okay. now. Absolutely. Yeah, you know it. Okay, now, first and foremost, Reginald, let's get to our topic, Reginald and and, uh, Terry. What are we doing to our kids, our future? Now, first and foremost, this topic can be a touchy and or disheartening subject matter for all of us who are proponents of making assurances for children for having the best treatment as possible in this country and throughout the world as well. Now, I have previously talked about this subject on one of my shows some time ago uh, with, with you, Reginald, uh, when it was put it all on the table through mediation here on the thegreattalkzone.com. And my concern then was about the rising number of children being on the streets, being bullied and mistreated, and that how also how the school, our educational system, boasts of, oh, we have this bullying program, but yet bullying is phenomenally prominent and getting stronger okay 
it is a still a huge concern of mine. So I would like to uh, to start by uh, telling you both a short um, story, and then I would like to hear your take on it. Okay. I recently met a guy, and his name was Jason. He was a repairman who came to my home, and he said that I could share this story, you know, on my program and uh, with others in hopes that other people, that it may help other people. Well, Jason told me that when he was a child, his mother and father got a divorce, and he was very young, and he lived with his mother in California, and he said that um, that his mother refused to go to the grocery store, and when she did, it would be maybe three months, once, you know, once every three months. He said that he would have to look other places for food to feed himself, like in the garbage can. He said that when he came to visit his relatives in Arizona and um, and they would say, you know, come on, uh, come on downstairs, you know, to eat breakfast. You know, he says that they, you know, he, you know, they were looking at each other like what breakfast, you know, I get to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. And he said that they were just, you know, they would have snacks and, you know, and they were dreading the fact of going uh, back home because they know that it would not be the same thing. But now he's a grown man, Terry and Reginald. He's working for a successful organization. He's married. He has a beautiful son and his mother is no longer with us. She transitioned in the latter part of 2015 and she was still a young woman. Now I, I asked him a number of questions. One uh, was, you know, you know, what a you know a value what is a couple of value valuable lessons that you learned from your childhood journey as you are now on your journey as an adult and he said he held on to the fact that his grandmother and aunts taught him about god and they took him to church and that he would not treat his son in a manner in how he was treated and that he is so grateful that he did in the estranged relationship with his mother due to coaching from his wife now although the relationship was still not how he wanted it to be. She did get a chance to hold her grandson and that he is extremely happy that he forgave his mother before she transitioned, realizing the power in forgiveness. Now, this person and I had a great conversation. So, Rachel, I would like to hear what you think about what I just said. Um, well, it, it sounds to me that um, there was something that, uh, traumatic happened in his in his mom's life. It's it, you know kind of difficult you know as a, as a therapist um, to uh, uh, you know make a determination or or a diagnosis or anything. Uh, but I can say that 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 it was probably something traumatic that happened to his mom uh, for uh, you know her behavior of not wanting to go to the store and you know, things like that. So. Uh, but thank goodness that um, that this young man broke the cycle, um, that he moved forward, and and that he forgave his his mother. Uh, I'm sure her life wasn't the way she wanted it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we do sometimes we do the best we can with what we've got, and mm-hmm. that may have been a situation with with her. Uh, you know, she was doing the best she could with what she knew and what she had. Mm-hmm. Terry. Your comment? Well, this is one of my, I have like three comments here. Number one, um, I agree with Reginald. The mother probably didn't have a role model herself. So mm-hmm. this is where our our children that are in the lower socioeconomic status fall through the cracks. And mm-hmm. that is very sad. Um, but 
this child, Jason, um, he was lucky. I think churches play an important part of teaching values to children. Mm-hmm. not getting it um, as they used to in the homes as much. So it's very important that the churches, and I want to say it's not so much, it's important that the churches really get out there and knock on those doors and identify the kids at risk. I mean, um, these children are very receptive to coming to church, and they, the church can provide role models and values where they wouldn't have them otherwise. And the third mm-hmm. thing is... Um, Children just like this that are lacking role models or they're in untenable situations, homeless. Um, there's a program called Upward Bound. My te- my te- my uh, sister has been an Upward Bound teacher for 10 years. Donald Trump, has, President Trump, is doing away with Upward Bound. So I would suggest everybody, everybody in the listening audience write a letter to the White House asking... Um, the president not to do away with the funding for Upward Bound. There are so many phenomenal ex- successes. It's it's just unbelievable. Where you know the homeless kids or the lower socioeconomic kids get to stay on college campuses in the summer. I mean, they're they end up being college graduates. Without Upward Bound, they wouldn't have had a chance. Um, so I got a little plug in on Upward Bound, but that program's in deep trouble along with many others. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, on that same vein, you know, um, I, I, I know you, I know you refer to him as president, but I cannot refer to him as president because he is, his, his behavior is so not indicative of a president. And I am just saying it right here. I will never refer to him as that. Um, um, however, um, it, it's terrible that he is defunding programs that help our children and people need to know this. Uh, as children are our future. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's terrible, Reginald, about that. He wants to, you know, he's so um, engraved on building this wall, which, by the way, God's not going to let that happen either, um, that he wants to defund, um, as Terry said, Upward Bound, which is a great program. I didn't know about it, but I'm going to research it now. But I'm sure that you've heard, Reginald, of him um, throwing PBS um, um, in the mix of, 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 um, you know, defunding that so that he could use that money to build a stupid wall that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, and just, just to touch on, uh, touch on up or down, we have to with that program that's been around, I feel, for uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, so when I was, when I was in Chicago, it's a, it's a great program that, that really shows a lot of disadvantaged children. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just the attitude of the Republican Party of, well, just looking at Donald, this, this so-called budget, uh, where they want to defund and cut for, for public um, television, uh, public education, um, flashes in the Department of Education, as Ron Paul said, why do we need a Department of Education? And my mm-hmm. head almost exploded four years ago with that. And mm-hmm. um, defunding and slashing the study of, of science. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you know, there's no just value for education and science, research, and, and people in need. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's just a shame. It's just really sick. It's, it's just really a sick thing. And that makes my blood boil that... Uh, you know, it's always on the back of poor and middle class and working people. 
you care about. If you're making $100,000, $200,000, a million dollars a year, he doesn't care about you. He only mm-hmm. cares about the red pillars and the other crooks with all of this Russian stuff that's going to come out. He only cares about them. And everything mm-hmm. else is on the back of poor and worthy people, um, which, which, which is a shame. Exactly. And the thing about it is, uh, Reginald and Terry and my listeners, is that, you know, I view things from a, you know, as I said before, from a common sense, spirituality, educational and, um, um, you know, experience uh, point of view, which, you know, which Donald Trump has, has no idea what that is. But um, uh, in, 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 in piggybacking on what you said, uh, uh, also, Reginald, is that, you know, he only cares about the Tillersons of the world. But you have to be of uh, if you got money, you have to be of a certain ilk. Okay, um, he doesn't care anything about Oprah Winfrey. Um, he doesn't care anything about um, uh, Michael Jordan and in, in any other um, you know people that that do not sh- share the same idealisms with him. He doesn't care about them, and they have plenty of money. And and the thing is, is that it is it's just so uh, crazy, you know, the thoughts of him, you know, not wanting to help um, uh, children and things like this because. It, you know, it's, his, his mind thinking is just is just off the chain. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah, um, I don't know where his thinking is, but I think this is the time we have to start thinking. And I almost ignore him. I don't even pick up the newspapers anymore. But it's the time for our churches, nonprofits. We need volunteers like we never did before. Like the, I can't wait to read about the Bean Program, but. Um, our schools are closing. They don't have books. We mm-hmm. have to step in as a society, as a community, and volunteer work. And and our nonprofits need to get rolling, like they did in the '60s. Or or we're going to have this will create setbacks that will last for 20 years. Don't you think, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And and we're beginning to see it now, even. Um, uh, with the cutback uh, during the Bush administration, and mm-hmm. you know where I was, I was in a school uh, Monday uh, when I was in Yuma, and I was speaking with uh, the principal, uh, a couple principals of the schools I was in, and they just talk about the basic things that they don't have uh, for, mm-hmm. for their kids, and and it's and it's a shame, you know. You wonder what. You know what? What is our value? Where, where are our values here? That we mm-hmm. don't value the education and the care and funding and feeding of of our kids. It, it's just really a shame. Yeah, it really is. You know, how can you be so um, heartless? You know, it's I, and and I totally agree with you, uh, Terry. I've long stopped um, listening uh, to news. I don't. I don't. Um, well, I listen to let me let me rephrase that. I listen to enough to be informed with what needs what I need to be informed with. But I cannot sit there and listen to evil all day long, just constantly. I mean, it's my soul won't just won't let me and I don't want to anyway. OK, so now I want to um, 
discuss about the American Institutes for Research published an article titled National Center on Family Homelessness. Now, this was a report that came out in 2014. Now, it states in part the following statistics. A staggering 2.5 million children are now homeless each year in America. This historic high represents one in every 30 children in the United States. Child homelessness increased in 31 states and the District of Columbia from 2012 to 2013. Children are homeless in every city, every county, and every state throughout our country. In another article, Terry and Reginald, uh, published by the same organization titled America's Youngest Outcast, a report card on child homelessness. In November 2014, it states that America's Youngest Outcast, okay, looks at a child's homelessness nationally and in the 50 states and the District of Columbia ranks the states from one to be, you know, best to 50, the worst, and examine causes for child homelessness and solutions. Now, the report uses the newest federal and state data related to child homelessness, including the most recent annual count of homeless children in public schools made by the U.S. Department of Education 2012 to 2013 school year that was released in September 2014 and the U.S. Census data. Now, the report notes that while progress has been made in reducing homelessness among veterans and chronically homeless individuals, no special attention has been directed toward homeless children and their numbers have increased. And by the way, you guys, should any of you be interested, the report card that I just mentioned can be viewed in its entirety. It consists of 130 pages and you can go to www.airair.org. Now, Reginald, can I hear your comments on this very devastating statistics that I just read? Yeah, it's, it's, oh gosh, I guess the only thing I can say is it's just really a shame, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, there's a number of kids that are, that are homeless. And a lot of times they're, they get lost in, in the cracks of, you know, because they're homeless, because they don't have a physical address. Um, mm-hmm. they're not able to receive, you know, certain, uh, certain assistance that they would be able to, able to receive. So, uh, so, so you talk about just that one city times the whole country, uh, mm-hmm. how many more children are, are homeless and have been lost in, uh, in the cracks. And, uh, it's, it's devastating. It's going to have a devastating effect on this country's future. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's very sad, you know, because I love people. Period. Okay. I've always tell people that I love people. Period. I, I talk to people. Um, you know, even my, my sons and my grandson, um, and my granddaughter, they always said, Yana, do you, you know, you just, people just talk to you. You know, you talk, you, because, you know, sometimes people just want to talk, you know, and, um, but, you know, particularly children. You know, I just so love the children and and um, and the elderly because it's like, you know, well, let's let's just throw them away. They don't they don't mean anything. You know what I'm saying, Terry? I do. You totally blindsided me. I didn't know the statistics were that bad, but I did know there I was aware of the homelessness of children. I didn't realize I thought there was always a place for children. I didn't realize that there were even really that many homeless children till 
my sister started teaching Upward Bound. And mm-hmm. she explained how they would be homeless for two, three years. And I said, well, how do they survive? They do a lot of couch surfing with different family members. They go from, you know, one family house to another till they wear out their welcome, I guess, and they move on to the next. It's a terrible way to raise a child. It just, I keep going back to we have to have our our nonprofits. We need to see nonprofits springing up everywhere because we're not going to get it out of this administration for our children. And as far as education, going back to the education thing, Mm -hmm. back in the day when I was a child, if something was going on at the schools that was questionable, the parents were more involved. And we live now in an era of parents, both parents work, and parents are, I don't know, even there was a sign up in a a daycare center that said, leave your cell phones in the car. Because the parents did their texting and talking on the cell phone instead of engaging when they walked in to pick up their children at daycare or nursery school. So I think we're too in in tune to the electronic media stuff and forgetting about our kids. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree. You have to come up with a plan. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And this is why I also say, uh, Terry and Rachel, that I'm, I'm very much a proponent of being in my children's lives. You know, people uh, say, okay, well, you know, they're 18, they're 21, that's it. Parenting, as I have said, is a lifelong journey, a lifelong journey. And I'm very prominent in my kid's life and I'm very prominent in my son's, my eldest son's children's life. Okay. And, and, and furthermore, they like it. All right. They appreciate the fact that I'm, that I am prominent. And the thing is, is that, you know, I agree with you, Terry. It's, it's too often that people, they're on the electronics. They give their kids the electronics and Reginald and I have discussed this before. You know, people don't, um, have dinner they don't sit down and they and they have dinner you know i have uh, grown sons you know and he's over here every sunday uh just about if we don't have something else to do and we're talking and you know how was your week this and that we're talking about a lot of things you know what's going on in your life so forth and so on you know and and they appreciate that and this is something that has definitely fallen by the wayside oh well let's go to mcdonald's or go to jack in the box you know did you eat yeah i'm eating in my room and did you do your homework yeah i did my homework there's no such thing as let me check and see what you did with your homework. And you're right, Terry. If something was going on at the school, I know that when we were coming up, um, our parents, uh, my brother uh, can attest to this, our dad in particular was very adamant about it, and very much a proponent about what's going on, what's happening, this, that, and the other, so forth and so on. But there truly is a lack, a lack of parenting. And a lot of it is because they simply don't want to. They just don't want to. They'd rather be involved with their electronics, looking at these stupid programs, the Housewives of Beverly Hills and all of this. And it, you, you know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah. It, it's amazing to me that sometimes, uh, you know, I have a client and they'll have a kid that, that they're bringing in for, for therapy. And the kid could be 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. Um but especially 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds, it's amazing to me how many parents will basically say, uh, okay, I'll be waiting outside, you know, as, as you do your, your session. And I have to mm-hmm. tell them, no, this is a family session. He or she, they are 7, 8, 9, 
10 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the, the disconnect is just amazing to me. Isn't it? And it's like Isn't it? Basically, you fix him, uh, Mr. Campbell. You go in, you fix him, and, and I'll be waiting outside in, in the room here. No, you sit, you're going to sit here in this session with me. You're going to sit uh-huh. in this session with us because you're the one who should have the information that you're giving me for for your child and not just shuttle them in and I'll come back and get them. Uh, you know, so, so that's just amazing and appalling to me how many times I have to uh, inform parents of that. It's like, no, this, you're part of this. This isn't uh, you know, a drop-off thing. It isn't like the cleaners where you drop off your clothes and come back and pick them up and they're all clean and everything. Exactly, exactly. You know, people, you know, so it's like, okay, then, you know, we, this this is why we really need to educate um, uh, our children, uh, Terry, our girls. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a proponent of... Um, of, of you know getting them while they're little, which you know, uh, which is why I'm spearheading this, um, you know, peer mediation in the grammar schools, and 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 I have now you know even started writing a program um, for girls, and I'm going to talk to you about it. Hopefully, um, you you'll want to uh, join me in in this quest. You know, we really need to educate educate them so that we can stop what it is that we have now. And I applaud you, Reza, when people want to duck out and say, oh, no, here, here you go. You, you, you deal with the kid. You know, I, I don't want to deal with them. You know, you, you fix them. I mean, that's, that, that's, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. And, and it's because of that, you know, because we come from love. So we're searching for love. So, you know, these children, when they're small, uh, as Jason, you know, he was searching for love and thank God he had his grandmother and his aunts and stuff that, that he could mm-hmm. have something to hold on to. And thank you, right. Jesus, as well, that he, he knows that I'm not going to treat my son like this, you know, as I'm, mm-hmm. as I'm his father growing, you know, and then we're going on, you know, with him in, in his journey. What was done to me certainly is not gonna, you know, um, uh, happened, happened to my son. Now, you know, I want to read another, um, um, an article. It's called Number of Homeless Children and Adults in America Has Increased. Now, this is by Glenn Ellis, and this was done June 28, 2016. Now, the stats are, uh, uh, the stats are different than what I just read to you guys, but see, this is why you go out and research so you could do something that's called comparative research, okay? Now, it starts by saying that the United States economy recently on the brink of collapse appears to be making a recovery, but poorest families haven't yet seen the benefits of the recovery. Now, this is this. Uh, the result is in an increase of homeless children and adults. According to federal law, homeless children include those who lack a fixed, regular and adequate nighttime residence. A new report has brought to the surface once again. OK. The egregious situation of homelessness in America, especially among public school students. Now, I've been researching the homeless among public school students too, Reginald and, and Terry. That's a whole nother program. Now, estimates show that nearly 1.4 million children are homeless in this country every year. In the 2011-2012 school year, 1,166,339 homeless children and youth were enrolled in public schools. Now, 
This is a 71% increase since the 2006-07 school year. The number of homeless children increased in 31 states between 2012 and 2013, which leaps of 10% or more in 13 states and Washington, D.C. Now, it is important to note that this number is not an estimate of the prevalence of child and youth homelessness, Reginald. It is, in fact, an underestimate, Terry, because not all school districts reported data to the U.S., and about 12% of homeless children are not my listeners, enrolled in school, and up to 45% do not attend school regularly. Now, the relationship that homeless students have with school staff members may be the only association they have with people who are living in a productive and positive manner and who can serve as guides for how to live constructive lives. OMG is doesn't even affix to what I just said. Now, this is a really sad situation that exists in our country, isn't it, Reginald? It's sad. It, it is, and uh, it just shows that where the priorities are or where the priorities aren't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have a, a bunch of nuclear weapons in a, in a society that's falling apart. We'll have a bunch of shiny nuclear arms and shiny planes and a society that's uneducated, uh, that's unhealthy. Uh, and, and it shows, unfortunately, where the priorities are in this administration. Uh, and mm-hmm. I would have to say in, in every Republican administration, because this is what happens when you have a Republican in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, this, Dr. Benjamin Fox said, you know, regarding our children, he said, love our children, love them with words and thoughts, love them with hugs and kisses, love them with kindness. And it's exactly. like that's something that is so lacking in uh, in our society. Exactly. Now, you know, Terry, you know, we, you know, talked about the statistics that are outrageously high involving the number of homeless children in this country. And uh, actually, I want to ask uh, Reginald this as well. Are you either of you familiar with the McKinney-Vento Homeless Assistance Act? No, I'm not familiar with that. Terry, are you familiar with this act? No, is that a federal statute? Yeah, the yeah, the McKinney Vento Homeless Assistance Act. Yeah. I wasn't um familiar with it until, you know, doing my research. As I said, once again, education is a wonderful thing. And um and well, you know, you can go to en.wikipedia.org to read it in its entirety, you know, um, listeners. Now this is a federal law that provides federal money for homeless shelter programs. Now, it was the first significant federal legislative response to homelessness and was passed and signed into law by President Ronald Reagan on July 22, 1987. Now, the act has been reauthorized several times over the years, as you know, most acts are. Now, it was sponsored by Representative Tom Foley, who is a Democrat of Washington, and the bill was named after Representatives um, Stuart McKinney, who is a Republican 
um, in Connecticut and Bruce Vento is a Democrat in Minnesota. Now, according to www.air.org, it says that it was signed into law in 1987 and most recently reauthorized in 09 as a homeless emergency assistance and rapid transition to housing. It's the Hearth Act. Now, have either of you heard of the Hearth oh, Act? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, now, I see it all. See, see, it all comes to light with that education original. You know what I'm saying? When you start reading and putting it together. Now, under this law, funds are made available to local school districts to hire McKinney Vento school liaisons who coordinate services for homeless children attending public schools and count homeless children uh, students in their districts reporting this these data to the U.S. Department of Education. Now, now, you know, Terry, I just wonder how much of this is being put into, you know, uh, to, to work with the number of homeless children, particularly in the public school systems. If the if the public school administrators even are you even know, Terry, about the McKinney-Vento School Liaison and the Hearth Act? Well, in the Virgin Islands, we're under a federal consent decree. So um, basically the U.S. Department of Education is is doing oversight on everything. And I say in the Virgin Islands they know, but I'm sure there's plenty of other schools who do not know. You know, plenty mm-hmm. of other jurisdictions who don't even know that these funds are available, nor that there's a liaison um, that can be implemented so you can identify homeless children and, and take action. Yeah, it's, it's very important, um, um, you know, I, you know, to identify this. And my thing is, you know, the hope is that, that, you know, that these teachers and these administrators are recognizing this and, and, and doing their best to help these children because if they were, it would seem to me, uh, Rachel, we got about three minutes. It seems to me that, uh, that this number should not be so astounding if we have something that is of this, uh, of this nature that is able to help homeless children. You know what I mean, Reginald? Right. And it's just knowing where it is, what, what they need to do. And, and again, this is how kids get lost in, in the shuffle, how they get lost in the track. Um, mm-hmm. weeks ago, I was at a school and I, I went to, you know, see a kid in the school and, and have a session with him. And they were unaware, they being the administration, you know, they were unaware that this kid wasn't in school that day. I went there and said, oh, we don't know where he is. Oh, oh he's not there. Oh, did you call his mom? Oh no, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. We don't, we don't call the parents. Really? What do you mean you don't call the parents? So if the parent doesn't know that the kid is in school, if the kid is not there, you don't check and see. Um, the vice principal say, well, we have, you know, 2,000 uh, kids, Mr. Campbell, and I'm thinking, so what? That's your job. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's your job. I don't care how many kids you have. You have. I mean, if this is something that you can't do, then you're in the wrong profession. You're in the wrong profession. And I just want to read this uh, very, very quickly. I got about uh, a minute and a half left. It says that 75% of homeless children nationally um, live in hotels, 
motels, trailer parks, camping grounds, cars, parks, public spaces, abandoned buildings, subsidized housing, buses or train stations or similar settings. Now, this is according to Samuels, Shin, S-H-I-N-N, and Buckner to a 2010 report. I want to thank the both of you. Uh, Terry, uh, for being on my show, Reginald, for being on my show. I, I, I bless the both of you for taking your time, um, in, in, in assisting and helping, uh, to enlighten my listeners about this very important, uh, subject. What are we doing to our kids, our future? Our children are our future listeners out there. And, um, so just if, if any of you out there are educators and administrators, I implore you to look around to, to, to see and, and look at children. You could tell if they're having, um, angst, anxiety. Um, at, talk to them, take them over and talk to them, have a sidebar with them and talk to them. I wished, um, you all the the best of the day please look up the mckinney vento school liaison uh and the hearth act and and educate yourself on it this is Teresa e keys i will be reporting back to you um in two more weeks you guys have a blessed day be kind to yourself because that's where it starts and be kind to others and love your children i'll see you in two weeks 